The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, a coach is important to keep you on trend, relevant, and competitive. Welcome to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. Your host is Michael Dawson, along with co-hosts Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. If you're looking to launch or grow your business, listen to what our guests have to say about winning in the game of business and important industry topics. Now, here's your host, Michael Dawson. Good morning. Welcome to ESCN. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, Angelia. We've got a great show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about managing difficult transitions. Uh, it's part of a pre-recorded interview with uh, Ray McElroy from a previous live event. So we're going to be talking about that today. And then we're going to come back and talk a little bit in host chat just about some of the things Ray's doing now and how he was able to transition into, uh, into his business. So let's listen a little bit into the interview. This is iCoach360 ESCN. This morning we're here with Ray McElroy, former, former Chicago Bears, Indianapolis coach, uh, player, as well as Detroit Lions. Uh, Ray, welcome uh, to iCoach360, and uh, just tell us a little bit as we get into this interview this morning, a little bit about your upbringing and, and how you felt uh, fell in love with the sport of football. Yeah, Rodney, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, well, I'm from the Chicagoland area originally, um, born on the uh, inner city west side of Chicago in the Austin community, uh, grew up in Bellwood, and I remember the day when NFL football became uh, my dream. Uh, it was Thanksgiving Day. I was seven years old. Uh, my aunt, who lived in the North Lindale community on the west side of Chicago, right across the street from the church we attended, um, we'd go over there every Thanksgiving Day. And so uh, as a seven-year-old boy, I remember walking up front to where all of the men were. Of course, the women, you know, they back in the <laughs> dining room gossiping and all that right. stuff. So I walk up to the front room, and all of the men were huddled around this floor model television. <laughs> and all I remember, Rodney, was seeing this huge blue star in the middle of this football field. Yep. And I was already a kid that was playing football in the street and all that kind of stuff. I had no idea how big the game right, was as a right. seven-year-old boy. But when I walked up front, and I saw the Dallas Cowboys playing professional football on Thanksgiving Day, it was like I caught a vision for my life at that moment. I was like, I know exactly what I want to do, and I want to play professional football as a seven-year-old boy. Wow. Yeah, and I love to tell kids when I speak to them in schools that, you know, you're never too young to catch a vision and know where you want to go. In fact, uh, it's important that you catch it sooner than later because Absolutely. when you know what direction you want to go in, it's a lot less likely that you allow yourself to get sidetracked into things that you don't have no business doing. And so that's when I captured my love for the game at seven years old. And, um, <laughs> you know, my childhood was great. Uh, 
My parents both worked. My father drove a city bus, CTA, for over 20 years, hard worker. Uh, my mom uh, was kind of the dominary disciplinarian. Um, her, um, and then I had a sister and a brother who grew up in my household. I was the oldest of, of three in okay. my household. And uh, yeah, so I got my hard work ethic from my father, and I got um, discipline and structure from my mom. And you know, church was a huge part of our upbringing. You know, faith was was in very very important. It was in church every week, sometimes two three times a week. <laughs> and uh, but that was very very important and central uh, in my family upbringing. Uh, it's crazy. Um, made it to. Uh, High school playing football. My football program was terrible at Proviso West High School, where I attended co uh, high school. We won one game of varsity football in two years when I played. Yeah. Um, didn't get any college scholarships. Had to walk on to the football team uh, at Eastern Illinois University, and um, ended up being a four-year starter from a walk-on. Yeah. Um, ended up getting drafted in the fourth round by the uh, Indianapolis Colts. So. It was, it was a blessed journey. Wow, that, that's a story in itself. And, you know, you, when you go back, Ray, and you talk about at the age of seven having this, this passion and vision of playing in the NFL, which I, I'm sure even now, you know, you have kids that dream of, of doing that. It, but to also have the focus and to, to head down that road, what kept you... You know, was that dream alive in you so much to where it kept you off the streets or kept you out of trouble? You know, you saw football as being that kind of that ticket out. What were some of the things you did in high school? Of course, you know, as a player and just somebody that's in the streets on the on the near west side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. What were some of those things that you kind of shied away from that kept you more focused on football? What were some of those yeah. things? You know, there's a there's a saying. Um, somebody said it's important to know thyself and uh, it's amazing how I recognized who I was mm -hmm. I recognized what I could do and what I couldn't do um, I had limitations as as an athlete I wasn't the most gifted most talented guy I knew I had ability mm -hmm. but I recognized right away that I was not like uh, LeBron James. I was not a prodigy. <laughs> right, and right. so I had to do things the right way mm -hmm. in order for my dream to come true. And so um, it was important to me to make sure that uh, I surrounded myself with the right people. Uh, and I gave myself every opportunity to be successful. And so uh, I chose my friends wisely because I always believed that you are who you hang around with. Yep. Um, I learned later on that people are like elevators. They either take you up or they bring you down. And so you got to be very careful right. about the people you associated with. And I learned watching other folks that, uh, you know, you hang around with this person, you know, I see what direction they're going in. They're going to take me with them. Right. So I'm not, I'm not doing that. So my circle of people uh, and then just, you know, character. Um, that was very important. I... Um, I wanted to make sure that I was the type of person that I wanted people to associate with. And when you're in high school, you know, the, the, the thing is, well, just fit in and do what everybody else is doing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was just unwilling to do that. And, and that could be kind of lonely sometimes. Absolutely. But, you know, number one, I knew my limitations. Number two, I knew that 
um, I needed to surround myself with the right people in order to accomplish where I wanted to go. And that if I didn't do that, those would be stumbling blocks for me uh, accomplishing my goal. And so having that vision and knowing what direction that I wanted to go in really helped me make those decisions. Um, it wasn't as important to me what people thought because right. I knew where I wanted to be. Right. And eventually I knew that that would turn around. And it did. It was amazing how that happened. And so those things really helped me stay on the right track. Um, I wanted to be the type of person that people could respect and look up to. Uh, I wanted to have the right people in my circle and uh, definitely uh, knowing what I wanted early really, really helped me um, be, be focused on um, the places that I went, the people I hung around, the things that I did, because I knew any little misstep right. could cost me my dream. Yeah. And I think that's great advice, Ray, for for any youngster coming up or or adult. You know, it's a, it's a, you're a product of your environment and who you hang around on a regular basis, regardless of where you live. It's just the things that you do. So I think those are, are, are great statements to make. So so you're in high school, you still have this dream of playing. You know, maybe one day with that big star on that that football field, and you know, Eastern Illinois. You know, you didn't. You say you didn't get heavily recruited. You didn't get a scholarship. What made you choose Eastern versus going wherever else to to play football in, in college when you were just going to go walk on? So, what made you choose even Eastern over any other school to do that? Very simple. <laughs> uh, they were the only one that offered me money to come and play. And actually, uh, they didn't offer me any scholarships. Uh, and this is where I get on uh, high school coaches in this area of uh, specialization. And, well, if you want to really be good, you just got to play this sport and this sport only. <laughs> uh, I think you got to allow kids, particularly at the middle school and high school level, if they're athletes, let them compete and let them be in different things so that they don't get bored right. with the same sport and get burnt out on that sport. I was a track athlete. Uh, in high school, in the middle school, and also college. Um, I was an all-state track athlete. I was a hurdler and uh, got a partial track scholarship to run track at Eastern Illinois University. That's how I got there. Wow. My goal, Rodney, was to go to University of Illinois, Big Ten school, <laughs> play on TV. That didn't happen for right, me. Right. Actually, they accepted me and all of that at University of Illinois, but they weren't offering any money. And so I told my mom, I said, Mom, I got accepted to Illinois. Uh, Eastern is offering me money. The, the, the decision was very simple for her. <laughs> simple. I wasn't writing no checks. She's <laughs> right. like, you're going to Eastern. Right. Right. So that's how I got to Eastern Illinois. I had no idea where Eastern Illinois was. Right. I had never heard of Eastern <laughs> Illinois University. Close to U of I, not yeah, quite. But you then, know, right. And so, you know, it was, a, it was one of those things. So I ran track my first year. Okay. I didn't even play football wow. my okay. first year. Wow. I walked onto the football team my second year. And so, yeah, that's how I got to, to Eastern. And uh, as God would have it, um, it was the very best uh, place for me, very best decision that I could have ever made. Great school, cultivated me, smaller campus. But I had no idea the level of football talent and competition level at the Division One AA level at, in the Gateway Conference that right. Eastern was in. Yeah. Uh, Northern Iowa University is in that conference, Illinois State. Uh, uh, Southern Illinois, Western Illinois, with some great right. athletes came right. out of there, and these teams are like ranked nationally in Division One AA. So I found myself in a smaller school where I could get a lot of playing time, 
but with some very good high-level competition, yeah, which ended up being the best scenario for me. All right, we're going to take a break in the interview here. We're going to go out to commercial, and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. IC3U, a premier virtual entrepreneurial university. Just like in sports, you need a great coach in the game of business. Enroll in IC3U for entrepreneurial skill and agility to play and win big. IC3U offers academically grounded curriculum coupled with practical application delivered to you globally and virtually. Our coaches are in the game with you. From assessment to immersion, as you move through the program, you meet with course-specific experts to work on your tailor-made roadmap to success. Participants receive accelerated learning, industry and client navigation skills, as well as a developed enhanced leadership capacity for sustainability. For your customized roadmap, Send us a note at www.i-coach360.com or call us at 630-613-7360. If you're looking for a dynamic speaker for your next event, book Angelia Hobson. Angelia Hobson is an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial coach, trainer, small business advocate, chief strategist, business developer, facilitator, speaker, and author. Her ability to communicate to individuals and large groups and to connect on a personal level have been demonstrated through her many public speaking engagements. She's lectured, taught, and spoken to groups at institutions of higher learning, church conferences, healthcare events, and corporate conferences across the country on topics including entrepreneurship, leadership, sales and business development, marketing and branding, occupational safety, as well as applications of spiritual teachings to create your best life. Passionate and funny, Angelia tells her personal story of strength, determination, tenacity, and a pursuit of legacy. Notable listeners have referred to Angelia as authentic, engaging, and electrifying. Her visionary message has been appealing to broad audiences throughout the years. Book Angelia today for your next event by visiting www.angeliahopson.com or call 630-613-7360. Again, the site is www.angeliahopson.com or call her at 630-613-7360. 7360. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to ESCN and I Coach 360 Production. To reach our live program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send questions or comments to escn at i-coach360.com. Now, back to the show. 
All right, we're back. Thank you so much for joining us here on ESCN this morning. Uh, we're going to tap back into the interview that we're listening to with Ray McElroy, former Chicago Bear. Wow, so you go from not playing to walking on the football team to starting. How did all of that take place in a matter of you know months where you, you're not on the team to going to being one of the starters how did you, did the coaches know of you already? Or, you know, how did that work as far as you becoming this star athlete? Didn't nobody know me. Uh, I walked onto the team riding. It was so bad. I, I joke and tell people, my, my jersey number was 104. Oh, wow. That's my jersey number was. <laughs> wow. Now, of course, of course, they don't make <laughs> no, jersey right, numbers or three right. numbers. But uh, – at my college, the same number that your locker number was was the same number as your football jersey. Now, my locker number was 104. And since they don't make football jerseys with three numbers on it, man, I was out there practicing with a helmet and a blue shirt on. Didn't even get a number. That's how little known I was. But I started off, my, my, my track background helped me uh, start off on special teams. And so I was the guy that would run kickoffs back, and I was, you know, the gunner on the, on the punt team, and punt return team I would help hold up guys and so that's how I got my start um, and eventually uh, my kickoff return ability I was ranked like in the top 10 in the nation in division one double-a in kickoff returns and so and I just kept you know uh, progressing as a defensive back and so you know my contribution on the team as a kick returner punt returner um, as well as just my progression, steady progression on special teams and uh, in practice, you know, the coach is just like, this guy's got speed, he's got size, you know, he wants to play, wants to get better, he's got a tremendous upside. And so, yeah, five games left in the season, I was coming in as the uh, fifth defensive back. And before my freshman year was over, I was the starting cornerback for our team, and I didn't let it go until I, got, uh, until I graduated. Wow, that's that's a that's just just a story of perseverance, getting through. You know, the underdog. You know, the the little guy making it, and you know, I, I think that's a great message for for any young student athlete trying to come up today, trying to make it to that next level. Now you've had this successful career moving forward at Eastern, and you know you you're against the odds and moved on from there. NFL, what a big step. I mean, you know, like you say, Division One, Double A, A, it doesn't matter. That's yeah. that's big. That's big time football. NFL, we know, is just a, another animal. How did you know you were going to get that shot? How did that happen for you to say, maybe I'm going to get that opportunity? How did that take place? It's amazing. I tell kids all the time, you never know who's watching you. Right. So you always want to be at your best, and you want to give your best effort. Um, because of the football conference that I was in. Um, I remember uh, my sophomore year, um, we were playing the number one team in the nation, Northern Iowa at the mm-hmm. time. Um, they had uh, a pro prospect that they came to watch play at our school. I had no idea. And uh, I had the game of my life. I guarded this six-five receiver, basically bumping random the whole game, man-to-man, locked down my <laughs> side of the field so that everybody else could – play like zone right. on the other side and they went after him and they went after me and I held up didn't give up a touchdown had about two or three pass deflections just tremendous game we won the game we knocked off the number one wow. team in the nation 
And after that day, I made myself a pro prospect. And I, I had no idea that I was being watched. Uh, and actually, they wasn't coming to watch me. Right. They were to watch somebody else. <laughs> right. And, right. you know, I, I shined that day. And so from that day on, I became a pro prospect. Um, and then by the time my senior year rolled around, I knew I was going pro because I had like two, three, four pro scouts coming to my practices every single day to watch me. Um, and so at that point, it was apparent that I was going to get drafted. It was just a matter of if I could, you know, get off the field healthy, have a healthy season, have a productive season, and, um, you know, how high I was going to get drafted. Wow. Again, just another great, great stories in that, Ray. So draft day comes, mm -hmm. and you went in the fourth round, correct? Mm -hmm. Were you projected any higher than that? What was your thought? Did you did, did you know where you were going to kind of go, or did you, were you looking at maybe going higher? What was that like leading to that, that particular yeah. day? Was it the second day versus the first day? So all of that, what was that? What was the mindset in that transition? Draft day in those days was a two-day process. Yeah. It is not the spectacle <laughs> that it is now. It's ridiculous what's happened to draft day. But uh, it was a Saturday-Sunday process. Okay. The first three rounds happened on the first day. Four through seven happened on the second day. And um, I remember um, I was slated to go anywhere from the second round all the way down to a free agent. It was just kind of that wide for me. Um, and I got calls from the San Diego Chargers in the second round on the first day. Like, hey, we're going to draft you. And I thought they were going to draft me because they were the very first team to come and watch me uh, oh, wow. at practice. Very first team that started to scout me. Um, and I was going to be like, this is amazing. I'm going to <laughs> San Diego. Right, My right. wife's from San Diego. It's going to be great. And second round goes, they don't pick me up. Then they call me again in the third round. Hey, Ray, we're going to draft you in the third round. Like, this. Yeah. She called me now because I'm ready. Let's go. Third round pass. They don't call me. They don't call me back and say, hey, I'm sorry. We picked somebody nothing. else. Just nothing. Wow. And so I go from thinking I'm going in the second, third round to now having to sleep and not knowing if I'm even going to get drafted. So that wow. was a, a great and terrible day, <laughs> that first day. And then the phone rang first round, second day, fourth round. And a team that I had no idea was even interested in me, Indianapolis Colts said, hey, man, we're going to take you uh, with this uh, 114th selection overall, so how would you like to come play for Indianapolis? I'm like, I'll play for you, <laughs> yes. And it was amazing. I mean, again, the Lord was at work. I, and, and this is something that I love to tell kids as well. When I got drafted, I still had two classes left to finish my degree, and I really wanted to make sure that I got my degree completed. So I ended up going to the NFL team which was geographically the closest oh, it's true. to my college right. campus. It was only right. two hours away. Right. So three years after that process, uh, the season ended early enough where I could drive to school, finish my degree, drive back while I was still working out for the Colts and taking care of my wife and my firstborn child. So it was amazing how that worked out. Wow. And, again, that's, that's uh, it's just great stories along the way, you know, and to share that with the, the youngsters coming up just, you know, I think will open up some eyes and, and for the possibilities. And that's that's what it's all about, opening up the eyes for possibilities. So now you're, what a transition from high school to Easter. You know, we saw you come from walk-on to starter to fourth-round NFL. Now you're at training camp, first couple of days. What was that like for you, you know, as a player? You know, yeah, I've made it, but now I've 
I've got to plant myself. I want to stay here. Mm-hmm. So what was it like for you there, in those first few weeks or so in training camp? What was that like? I should probably ask you before I say this, but you asked me a question, so I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to ask you afterwards, kind of hell on earth, is that, can I say that on the radio? Is I that think you're right? okay. okay, I think you're okay. That's pretty much what it was. It was probably the hardest thing I ever did, second to pledging uh, my fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, uh, was six weeks in those days, and it was the last uh, it was the last training camp in the NFL where guys were in camp for as long as I was in camp. Wow. Six weeks of training weeks camp. Of training camp. Yeah. Not, wow. not preseason. <laughs> training camp. Six weeks of two-a-days, wow. full pads, in the summer. every single practice. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was real hot that summer. <laughs> right. Uh, so six weeks of that. And in those days, the rookies and the and the, uh, the backups came in nine days before the vets did. Wow. So it was it was really, really difficult. Um, I remember rooming with our first-round draft pick, and we both wanted to quit. <laughs> it was just like, this is... And, and my first round pick was like, man, they're going to make me give up all this money. I want to go home. And I'm sitting in there like, you in the first round. Right. <laughs> right. My goodness. So it was really, really difficult. And so literally it was just one day at a time, just fighting through it, um, a lot of prayer. And uh, thank goodness again that uh, I was close. So right. Chicago was only three hours right. away. My college campus was only two hours away. So I had people would come down and come see me. My 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 fiance at the time would come down, and those were huge for me. I needed every single visit. Felt like I was in uh, prison. <laughs> I needed I needed visits <laughs> from folk to come check in yeah. on me. And uh, yeah, it was it it was great, but it was a very very difficult difficult process. Wow. So. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, you know, as a football player, NFL, how grueling that is. And still, you, you, you're having to prove yourself mm-hmm. as a fourth, fourth rounder versus yeah. the first rounders right. and so forth. So, so you get through camp and, and now preseason, you get through a season. How many years were you there in Indianapolis? Mm-hmm. And then from there you transition to what's, what teams and then how did that all kind of go throughout your six-year career? Yeah. So I was in Indianapolis for four years, um, and then it's crazy. Uh, between '98 and 2000, I was actually out of the league for a year. Okay. Um, didn't get picked up after I got released from the Colts in training camp in '99. Um, another crazy story. Uh, my defensive line coach in Indianapolis became the defensive coordinator for Chicago. I just called him up one day. Just like Greg, you know, Greg Blosh was a defensive coordinator. I just wanted to call you, let you know I wanted a love opportunity to make your ball club. And um, he was like, man, that wouldn't be no problem. And so, uh, long story short, uh, worked out for them. Um, they signed me. Um, and so I played 13 games for the Bears. You know, what a privilege. I remember telling my mom at uh, the Taste of Chicago, my sophomore year of college, I said, Mom, you know, one day I'm going to play in that stadium. And, you know, mom was, oh, that's so beautiful, right, baby. Right. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and uh, so a dream come true to be from Chicago and get a chance to play for my hometown team was amazing. And then uh, after my, unfortunately for me, 
uh, that same year that I was not on the radar and was a free agent defensive back, we drafted uh, Mike Brown and Mike Green in the second round and the seventh round. And so, uh, yeah, so I only was able to hang around for one year with the Bears and then um, transition from the Bears to the Lions. They actually uh, cut me with the last uh, cuts um, in 01 the next year. And then um, they picked me back up with four games left to go in the season. And um, so I was able to get a season, whole season out of those four games because you only need three active games oh, okay. in the NFL to qualify for a full season credit. And so uh, that's how the roller coaster ride uh, ended for me. <laughs> Um, but it was crazy. But, you know, I appreciated my six years. And, you know, I don't think I even knew until later that the average NFL career is only three and a half. Right, right. And so I uh, was blessed to, to do that. I knew I beat the odds. Right. And uh, now it's all about just using uh, this platform of professional football player to make an impact in our world. All right, we're going to take a break in the interview here. We're going to go out to commercial and we'll be right back. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Is your brand easily recognizable? Does your target market know exactly what you do? Innovative Concepts Unlimited helps small businesses promote their products and services, as well as showcase their stories of speakers and coaches. Our capabilities include cutting-edge media solutions, such as high-definition commercials, applications to keep you connected to your customers, and creative and graphic branding design. Get started today on the path to enhancing your brand. Call us at 708-516-0778 or visit our website at www.icunlimited.net. Have you ever heard of a voiceover artist? People listen to them daily. Because companies use voiceovers to help show consumers a picture with their voices of the services or products, and they love them. Well, it can if you hire the professional voiceover services of Michael Dawson. It doesn't matter if it's a radio or television commercial, an in-store announcement, a character for a video game, or some menu option for a phone system. When you need professionally recorded voiceover work done, call Michael Dawson at 630-715-3378 or visit his website at www.michaeldawsonvo.com That's Michael Dawson at 630-715-3378 or visit his website at www.michaeldawsonvo.com And remember, words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with shades of deeper meaning. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to ESCN, and I coach 360 production. To reach our live program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. 
You may also send questions or comments to ESCN at i-coach360.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Thank you so much for joining us here on ESCN this morning. Uh, We're going to tap back into the interview that we're listening to with Ray McElroy, former Chicago Bear. Yeah, that's that's great there, Ray. So you move from, you know, transitioning out of football and, you know, you've gotten cut, you picked up and I, and I know how that can be, you know, that's not knowing, you know, but you're still not an old guy. I mean, you're still in your mid late 20s, yeah. still could probably play. Mm-hmm. You didn't have any serious injuries no, at I the didn't. time or anything like that. But you said that's it. So what was the turning point or what was the major factor that made you say, do I go to another camp this summer or do I say it's time to move on? Yeah. Well, that decision was made for me. Um, I didn't get any of our opportunities after 2001. Um, and it wasn't for a lack of effort. You know, I, I haven't put my agent on it. I made calls. The doors were just closed for me. And so um, I recognized then you know, and, and you got to remember that between um, playing for the Bears and playing for the Lions, I had a stretch of about five, six months where I wasn't working and income wasn't coming in. Right. We were living off of savings and that because I'm still clinging to the hope that I'm going to get an opportunity to play for somebody. And so, yes, we did get those, you know, four-game checks um, at the end of the year and then going through another whole off season of, working out and with the hope that somebody's going to sign me either, you know, during uh, the off season or late in the season. And so we literally went a whole nother almost year before I recognized that, you know, this door is closed and it wasn't on my terms. Right. And so that in itself was very, very difficult. I wasn't ready to let it go. Um, felt like I still had more to give, but um, so that caused uh, some drama because I really, uh, although I, I felt like I knew what I wanted to do after the game, but I wasn't ready right. for the game to be over. And I wasn't uh, doing the things that I needed to do to make sure that uh, you know dollars were coming in and things were being squared away so that when that day actually came, we were ready to make that transition. So it, 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 was, it, was, it, was, it was difficult. And uh, it definitely caused some problems once I finally decided that uh, the game was done. And, and again, that's not, that's not a new story. Uh, that's what we hear throughout, you know, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, professional sports. And you've been doing that for so many years and, and, and building up that career over those, you know, since you were seven uh, when you had that vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and say that's it. I mean, I can I can imagine that's something for you. It's like I'm still young. I can still do this. And so those difficult periods, and, and that's something I think is is so good for youngsters to hear today. You were an NFL player. You played six years, but yet you still struggled because now what? And you know, how did you get? How were you able to elevate yourself? from that low point and it's lonely because in your mind you know you, you're not ready for that but you know okay now it now it's time what what was it that got you on your feet and say hey it's time to move forward what were what were some of those struggles and then how did you pull yourself out of that well I tell you uh, some of the struggles included um, 
we had to basically sell our four-bedroom home uh, in Addison, had to move into a three-bedroom apartment uh, in Melrose Park. Uh, my wife at that time had, we had three children who got pregnant with our fourth child. Um, she had to go back to work after being at home with the kids for seven years. Um, I basically had to give our house away because, you know, I just, right. yep. you know, didn't make good financial decisions, just trying to hold on and hold out hope. Uh, uh, had to file Chapter 7 bankruptcy, you know, very, very uh, humbling, uh, most emasculating time of my life. Uh, but uh, I recognized, okay, here's what I'm capable of doing outside of this game. Here are some other gifts, some mm -hmm. other talents, some other skills that I possess. Uh, and I need to start developing those things because that's going to be the key to turning this thing around. And one of the things I recognized that I was very good uh, in communicating and speaking. And so uh, we started working with an organization called Sports World Ministries, mm -hmm. one of my former teammates. And what they did was they taught professional athletes how to speak how to give their testimony, but also challenge young people with the uh, consequences of their choices. Right. And so uh, I did that for eight years, a little, t a little company out of Indianapolis called Sports World Ministries, and uh, just really recognized that I had a talent for communicating. Um, that led to um, outside opportunities uh, when people would see me present. And so um, after a while, then that led to um, an opportunity to become Bears team chaplain in 08. Not a paid position, but another position of, oh wow, this guy is somebody you need to take right, seriously. Right. Uh, as well as an opportunity to give back to these younger players, some of them my former teammates that right. were still on the team. Yep. So really, really loved that. And, you know, I started doing these youth camps, you know, as a way of giving back and also as a way to earn income. Mm -hmm. And then I woke up one day and was like, okay, I'm speaking in schools, I, I, I'm chaplain for the Bears, I I, um, um, you know, got these youth camps. Man, I got a like a, a ministry. Right. And so that's when a ray of hope on earth was born in '08, and uh, we're still going strong in 2015, where we basically uh, our our mission is uh, to make sure that young people know, and people in general, uh, that. Uh, Every life is special and significant, yep. and our goal is to transform lives, to empower youth, and make a difference with this platform of professional sports. And we also now uh, have our own uh, coaching initiative where we want to mm -hmm. help athletes better transition from the game to the next season of their life so they don't have to deal with the horrors of, of bankruptcy and divorce right. and you know, <clears throat> depression and addiction and yep. all of those things that a lot of athletes go through when they go through transition. And so um, we're doing that now, and uh, we're actively looking to raise money to do our program because we don't want to charge the athletes right. for going through the program. Yep. We hope that they have such a transitional uh, and transformational experience that they gladly pay it forward for the next group that comes through after them. And so in the middle of, in the midst of doing the, the nonprofit, we're also doing now corporate speaking opportunities and have had some great opportunities with companies like Sitgo and Discover Financial and uh, Advocate uh, Medical Center and um, so some great opportunities there and uh, we're still building, you know, we're, uh, we're still growing but I'm happy to say today uh, my wife is no longer working, she works with me in the nonprofit. Uh, 
uh, we're back in a in a nice home right. in uh, Lombard, <laughs> Illinois, and uh, you know it's still a struggle, but right. uh, we're working through it and we're building and we're trending up, and uh, I'm excited about um, how things have turned around because I've discovered and was able to uncover some hidden talents right. that uh, I can develop and reinvent myself. Yeah. And, and, and you said that, Ray, that the key is the hidden talents that were already there. Mm -hmm. and, and once the cloud of the football, you know, games or field was kind of over, then that talent that was already within, it emerged. And now here you are, you know, Ray of Hope doing some great things for the community. Similar to, you know, the iCoach360, how important that is for these younger athletes coming out to keep them from the pitfalls yep. and that's what they are i mean everybody goes through different things in their lives but it's you know i commend you and just notify you know being able to discover here's some of the things you know whether it's football basketball whatever sport that's a connection and so so how do you how do you move those individuals through what you do similar to icoach 360 escn how important is that to, for them to, to for you to get that message yeah. out more sooner than later? It is it is really really huge, and basically it's an issue of identity. Um, we for years identify ourselves as athletes, mm -hmm. and that's the wrong thing to do um, because whatever you place your identity in, you place your value in, you place your your significance in. But the problem with that is what happens when you can't do it anymore. When you can't do it anymore, then you cease to be significant. You cease to have value or worth. And so we try to help uh, these younger athletes now reposition their identity. Your identity should be based on who you are, not in what you do. And so what you do is just a part of who you are, but it doesn't, it's not your whole makeup. Um, and so we help them re-identify re who they are. Mm -hmm. We help them um, establish uh, their um, we help them establish outside of their performance, uh, you know, what it is that they should be doing. And then we craft a plan around how they have already been uniquely gifted and talented mm -hmm. um, before they even started playing the game. These are the things that you were given. Um, there's a saying in the Bible that says, uh, your gifts is what make room for you and set yep. you before great people. Yep. And so I tell kids all the time, you are multi-talented. You can do more than one thing. And so the key is, let's identify those talents, let's identify those skills, and let's build your life around that. As a matter of fact, those things are the things that you should be focused on when you go to, to, to college. Right. You know, those things right. that you just enjoy doing. I tell kids, some of y'all, you can just draw. I mean, you ain't, right. yeah, you ain't never took a class. You just came out your mama just knowing right. how to draw Mickey Mouse. Yep. You know, just, yep. And I remember, like, in my bed trying to do the Etch-A-Sketch stuff, kind of <laughs> couldn't do none of that. Just used to be mad. Yeah, absolutely. You know, some kids, they just... Numbers make sense right. to them. They just yep. know how to do that kind yep. of stuff. That's true. And so, yeah, I, I encourage young people to identify those, and that's what you need to be building your life around. You know, those are the clues and the keys as to what you need to be building your life around because uh, my, my old pastor said like this, if you do what you do well, you're going to do well. Well, absolutely. And most of the time, you'll enjoy what you do. Right. And you'll take a lot of pride and pleasure out of it, and you'll do it greatly. So... Um, that's what I try to uh, tell kids, and that's what the process that we help 
our athletes go through and we have a team of people around us to help facilitate that of course financial literacy is, literacy is very important so we have a financial coach we have a clinical psychologist on our team some of our athletes have some things oh, that absolutely. are deeper than yep. just you yep. know identity it's it's mental stuff and we help them with that and then my wife and I we serve as the leadership coaches okay uh, as far as just the individual walking out but also to, to work on their marriages as well okay uh, so we want to definitely uh, work holistically with the athlete as well as their spouse. Right. Okay. And that's our that's our approach to helping these guys uh, and their spouses find their way. Well, that's great, and and to be able again to share your experiences along that way is, is is awesome. And I, you know, I would leave the interview really, Ray, right there. I just wanted to ask one last question for you. You know, obviously, there's always things you look back and say, "Man, if I would have known." If I would have known, mm -hmm. is there anything that you can say for yourself, boy? If I know there may be several, because I know there's for me, uh, boy. If I if I would have known what, uh, it would have been a little different for me, or you know, things happen for a reason as well. So it made you who you are today, and be able to share that experience. Yeah. But is there any one thing that you can say if I knew then that would I know now? Anything like that? Two major things for me. The first thing is um, if I had understood what my gifts and talents were when I was coming up and identified those better. I know I would have been more focused and honed in on what it is I need to be uh, working on, what I would have majored in in college. You know, all of that stuff would have been different. Um, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, while I was in the game, there were so many opportunities that I did not take advantage of because I was too busy trying to just stay in the NFL versus meeting people, making connections, networking, uh, jumping on an internship. Yeah. Uh, when I had the opportunity while I was playing, while those doors were wide open, and it's not that they're closed now, but it's just different when you're right. an active Absolutely. player and people see you on TV versus you when you're out of the game. Right. And so, you know, relationships are so key. And so um, I'm learning that now, but if I had known that then, I know I'd have been in a much better situation. So... For anybody that's listening, take advantage of your relationships because your relationships are what moves the world. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And so um, those are the things that I would have done differently. Again, Ray, I, I appreciate your time. This was a, a, a great inf uh, interview, great inspiration for young people as, as well as people just out in business to to whether start that career path over or to, to find your passion and strengths. And I've also learned, you know, if you love what you do, you, you won't work a day in your life. And I firmly believe that as well. So, again, we appreciate you here at I Coach 360 ESCN, and we look forward to building a relationship with you. Thank you. Thank you, Rodney. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a break in the interview here. We're going to go out to commercial, and we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Looking for an inspirational read? Pick up a copy of Entrepreneur Within You, TEW3. Chapter 16 of TEW3 is an excerpt from Angelia's upcoming book, The Truth About Entrepreneurship, where she discusses topics such as how to get from dreaming to doing, award versus spend, Supply Diversity in America, Bootstrapping 101, People Will Think You're Crazy, Staying Power, 
Networking is not relationship building and so much more. TEW3 is a national collection of well-regarded entrepreneurs who are trendsetters and visionaries who are passionately pursuing their dreams. Their desire is to empower, equip, and inspire others to do the same while sharing their stories and experiences. Get your copy today at www.i-coach360.com. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. To reach our live program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send questions or comments to ESCN at i-coach360.com. Now, back to the show. All right, so we're back. We're going to talk a little bit about that interview. I think it was really dynamic just listening to uh, to Ray. You know, in listening to his discussion, there are a lot of connections to be made, similar experiences with some of our other interviews. Uh, you know, we interviewed Wendell Davis, former Chicago Bear, and he talked about this idea of preparation and the um, um, kind of the thought process behind what do you do while you're playing and do you see yourself outside of um, the NFL when you're playing and Ray talked about you know while he was in the game he wished he would have made more connections and taken more advantage of internships you know Corey Mays for former um, New England Patriot and Kansas City Chief talked about taking advantage of the opportunities that are around making sure networks and relationships are built while you're playing Those are the types of things that you have to do on the field and off the field because after um, you are uh, done with one career, moving into another career, you really want to leverage the relationships you built in the past. And so, you know, Angelia, you and I talk about building networks, but more so than networks, building relationships. Absolutely, because, you know, a lot of people talk about networking, and I say it all the time, networking is not relationship building, and that's one of the key things that Ray clued in on at the very end. He said relationships are key. He wish he would have known that when he was playing and had developed those more, and relationships in his world, in his words, move the world, and I, and I right. agree. I right, absolutely right. agree with that. They move the world. And, you know, Britton Novoselsky talked about that, too. Uh, you know, in his interview, he talked about just collecting business cards and not necessarily knowing when he might need a name or to connect with someone. Right. But at every point in um, and, it, and there's no time like the present. Let me just start by saying that. But at every point when you meet someone, when you're talking to someone, you want to share kind of what you're doing and what your entrepreneurial effort is, but you really just want to do it to build the relationship, not necessarily to make a sale um, or to, to figure out what that person can do for you in the moment, but it's to be connected. And as you grow in a community of connected 
connectedness, I would say, you know, it all seems to come together later on. Right. You just never know why you're talking to a particular person at any particular time. And later on, it kind of comes to you why it all works. Right. And I talk about this uh, a lot with clients. I talk about it a little bit in my uh, piece of the book that I I co-authored, The Entrepreneur Within, talk about the truth about entrepreneurship. And when I first started the business, I would approach people from the aspect of making the sale. Correct. Right, right, right. Nervous energy and that, you know, desperate feeling is, is oftentimes picked up. So you have to, like, stop get centered and think about not necessarily what they can do for you today because a good connection is still a good connection 10 years from now. I can't tell you how many people are in my database that I've known 15, 20 years that now I can pick up the phone and just ask a question or get information or just have coffee. Maybe there's no real reason, but always keeping those doors open, those things we talk about all the time. Right, right. The, The other part of what Ray said was, you know, taking advantage of internships, when we had our Believe Coach on, Nick Dillon talked about um, continuous development, personal development, making sure that you are always learning um, and taking advantage advantage of opportunities to gain information. And so, um, you know, Ray talked about taking advantage of internships. He, he could do that now, but taking advantage of professional development opportunities today is right. really, really important in an entrepreneurial effort as well. Well, it's not, you know, I always say it's not the time you spent doing the wrong thing. It's <sighs> the time you didn't spend doing the right thing. Right? right. So it's time lost. And that's not that you can't do it in this moment, but it's just being able to recognize the opportunity when it's in front of you right. versus being able to look back and have to say, oh, wow, I wish, wish I, I had him. I wish I, wish had, I had him. And, that's, you know, I just I don't I, I really am a firm believer in moving forward and kind of only forward. We, want, we need to learn from what we haven't done in the past, but we should start now. There's no time like the present to begin building relationships, talking to people and just taking advantage, scan, determine what the professional development opportunities are out there in order to grow yourself so that you can grow your business. Well, I, I always uh, have heard this as well. Your business grows at the rate that you do, mm-hmm. right? So for those business owners who start a business, write a business plan, put it on the shelf, and then it's just kind of like an antique. So that doesn't move your business forward. It's taking that document, making it a living document, reviewing it all the time, and continuing to invest in yourself to mm-hmm. take the courses, whether they're e-courses, which brings me to IC3U, right. which will be available for some e-learning very soon. We'll be talking to you about that. But whether it's e-courses, getting in a classroom, getting with a mentor, getting with a coach, you have to always be on trend and on topic with your business and following the latest. Yeah, well, you know, Angelina, here's the question, though. How do you know what is the right development opportunity for you? Well, that always takes some some research and some determination because, you know, some of the spaces you and I talk about is very loud, right? So there's lots of activity going on, but activity is not productivity. And so I always say you have to look for the person or the process that has already been proven. They've done it. They have uh, gone to the heights that you're trying to go to as a business. So if you are talking to someone and they're in a brand new business or they've hit twenty five or $30,000 in sales, but you're trying to hit a half a million, that's probably not the right circle. Right. And you should never be the smartest person in the room. You got to get in the room with people who are going to stretch you and grow you. Yeah, right, 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 right. 
Well, there are some times when you can be the smartest person in the room because we, I do, I, I, and I tease Angelia about this though, but I, I'm a firm believer in giving back. But in terms of your own growth and development, Absolutely. it really is important to stretch yourself and be around people, take those opportunities that, that are unfamiliar to you to, to, in order to learn from. And so those are really, really important. Absolutely. So, yeah, this has been a great show. It's been a a great host chat. Uh, Ray McElroy, we just want to thank you again. If you guys get a chance, take a look at his foundation. It is a ray of hope on earth. He is doing lots of great things in the community. And so we appreciate his time and giving us this interview. Thank you so much. You guys have a great week. If you think you have a compelling story, feel free to email us at ESCN at I-Coach360.com. Thank you. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning into ESCN. Please join Michael Dawson, Angelia Hobson, and Diane Daniels for another edition next Saturday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Or catch a weekly rebroadcast on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about what iCoach360 can do for you and your business, visit i-coach360.com. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.